few minutes for the reading of the word. We will be reading from the book of Luke, chapter 5, verse 37 through 39. Luke chapter 5, verse 37 through 39. And I'll give you some time to turn there. You don't have to put it on the screen yet. Before we read the text this morning, just want to say how thankful I am first for the presence of God that we can feel here today. Amen. That song has a lot of amens in it, and rightfully so. That song they were just singing, they were singing the word amen over and over. You'll hear us say it a lot around here in church, and it means it is so, or so be it. It's a declarative statement. So when we sing those words, let there be blessings to you, to your children, to the ensuing generations. May his power and favor be upon you. And then there's that declarative statement, it is so. And I, I just feel that. I, I feel the, the Spirit of God wanting to stamp something on someone. There's just a declarative unction I feel here today that says, it is so. And the Bible also says in the book of Acts chapter 2, when it's talking about the Holy Ghost, it is similar to this song because Peter said, the promise is not just for you gathered here today, here in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, but he said the promise is, is for you, and it's for your children, and it's for their children, and their children, all that are afar off. Are you thankful that the promise of the Holy Ghost is still here for us 2,000 years later? And I say amen. I say let it be. I say it is so. For anybody that needs the Holy Ghost here today, amen. Just know uh, the Spirit of God is here. Yes, amen. And, and, and I could preach about the love of God, or I could preach about tithing. But the presence of God is here in this place so strong that if you need the Holy Ghost here today, it is so. Let it be. You can receive it here today before you walk out of these doors. How many know that's possible here? How many know with God anything is possible? For with God nothing shall be impossible. Do I have some saints of God that believe that? Some visitors today that believe that? For with God nothing shall be impossible? Amen. Amen. And I want to also say really quickly how thankful I am to this church for having us and being so kind to my wife and I since we've been here. Thank you for not throwing any rotten produce at me while I'm preaching, but instead, thank you for preaching with me, and uh, we really appreciate this church very much. We respect this church. We love all the wonderful saints of God, all the visitors, all the smiling and face, faces in front of me this morning. God bless you. We salute you. We honor you for your sacrifices. We honor you for your faithfulness in the midst of a crazy year. And we can't wait to see all that God is going to do in this church. Uh, this, this could be our, our last service here for a little bit. And so I'm just taking the time to give honor where it's due. And so that's, that's to you, the saints of God. I also want to give honor, of course, to your great pastor, your entire leadership team, but also your great pastor and his wife, the Hoods. We appreciate them so very much. We came here knowing them fairly well, not as well as we would have liked to. And now after staying with them for a month, we can say we know them very well, and we only love them and like them more for it. Uh, we can say that we are truly leaving here with a new pair of good friends of ours, and we're very, very thankful. So thank you for letting your pastor and his wife be our friend, uh, because how many know you need good friends, and you need godly friends, and so thankful for them and their leadership. I believe God is using them to take this church into higher heights into deeper depths. I believe God is using them to take this church, ARC, to the next level that God wants to take it. And uh, so I'm just so thankful for them, their honesty, their integrity, their kindness, their testimony, 
Um, I could go on. I don't want to take too long for the sake of time, but I, I do believe they deserve honor today, and I appreciate them so very much. The, the gifts that they've given us, the kindness they've given us, and to the saints of God, uh, those of you who have shared conversation and also shared gifts and, and the baked goodies and all kinds of other stuff, thank you. We thank you so much. We honor you. My wife and I appreciate you very much. Amen. With that said, I want to turn to the word of the Lord, Luke chapter 5, verses 37 through 39. You can stand if that's your custom. And I heard a man once say that some preaching is soothing, and sometimes preaching is surgical. Sometimes it's soothing, sometimes it's surgical. And I just want God to do whatever he wants to do. Maybe it's soothing for some of us. Maybe it'll be surgical for others. But I tell you what, it is all done out of God's love. If, if he comes down to soothe or he comes down to perform spiritual surgery, it's because he knows what you and I are capable of. He loves you and wants to bring you higher. How many know that's true? Amen. Without further ado, let's read uh, this wonderful passage of Scripture. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled, and the bottles shall perish. But new wine must be put into new bottles, and so that way both are preserved. No man also having drunk old wine straightway desireth new, for he saith, the old is better. The old is better. And, and can I just say for those that don't know, Jesus' words here, he's not he, he's, he's describing something that is not good. He's describing something. He's, he's describing a, a human tendency, in this case the Pharisees. He's saying that, that you're stuck on the old wine, and, and you're so stuck on it, you're not wanting the new because there's this human tendency to just say the old is better. And Jesus is speaking this because he wants them to get past this. He's calling them out for their limitations. And I'm going to read Luke 5 and 39, the last verse. You can keep it up there. I'm going to read it in another translation because I think it, it helps us see a little more here. It says this, No one after drinking old wine wants the new, for he says, The old is good enough. The old is good enough. And I want to talk to you about this morning. This may be a different uh, Sunday morning message than what I typically preach, but this is what I felt the Holy Ghost directing me to preach to you. So this morning, I'm going to preach to you this title, Leaving Good Enough Behind. Leaving Good Enough Behind. If you feel that witness in your spirit, why don't you put down your Bibles, clap your hands, lift your voice one more time before you're seated, and let the King of Kings know that your attention is His today. Let the Lord know that your heart is His today, and you're ready to receive whatever it is He has for you. Come on, let's talk to Him for a moment. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in Carson City as it is in heaven. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you for standing. I heard a story recently, several, a year or two ago, about a game that used to be played called Bigger and Better. This was a game that typically children or young teens would play in their neighborhoods. I don't know if people play it anymore, but... Several decades ago, they would play this game, and this game, Bigger and Better, is where you would go and knock on a door, a random door in your neighborhood, and you would announce the game that you're playing, and you would attempt to trade whatever you had on your person for something better, something bigger and something better, assuming the person at the door would play along with you. 
And so a boy named Richard decided to play this game one day with his friends. And he started out with nothing but a dime. That's all he had in his pockets, all he had on his person. And so he went to the first door and he knocked on it and said, My name is Richard. I live here in the neighborhood. My friends and I are playing bigger and better. Is there anything you can give to me for this dime that's bigger and better? And the first door he knocked played along and the man said, of course, we'll play along. And he leaned his head back in the hallway and said, honey, my new friend Richard's at the door. We're playing bigger and better. What can we give him for his dime? And Richard happily walked away from the door, traded his dime, and now he was awkwardly toting a very large mattress. He took his new prize and waddled with it to the next door and knocked on the door and announced the game he was playing, they decided to play along as well. And then he traded the mattress for a fully functioning ping pong table. You can imagine how excited he was, and you would think that maybe a young boy would stop there and settle for this prize. But he knew and figured that he could get bigger and better, so he wheeled his ping pong table to the next door. They played along, and he traded the ping pong table for a prized, expensive elk head mount. Now, you would think, again, he would stop there and settle for such an awesome prize. He could probably sell that elk head mount for quite a bit of money for a young boy. But Richard refused to settle. He refused to just settle for second best or good enough. And he did not stop. And he kept on knocking doors and he kept on trading up. And by the time the night ended, Richard did not have a dime, a mattress, a ping pong table, or an elk head. And instead, young Richard illegally drove home in a new pickup truck. This is a true story. Richard started with a dime and ended up with a Dodge truck all because he kept trading up and all because he refused to settle for less. He refused to settle for good. Like this young boy, Richard, there needs to be something in all of us here under the sound of my voice in this congregation and online. There needs to be something in us that says, I refuse to settle for less. I could stop here. I could settle for good enough. I could stop knocking doors. I could stop pushing. I could stop pursuing. I could stop praying. I could stop striving. I could stop believing. I could stop sacrificing. I could stop praying for the Holy Ghost. I could just stay here. But in Instead, I'm going to keep trading what I have for more. Instead, I'm going to leave good enough behind, and I'm going to keep on going to the next door, to the next place, to the next dimension. I'm going to go deeper in God, and I'm not going to stay where I've been for the past five years. I'm not going to stay where I've been for the last five months. I'm not going to stay where I've been for the last ten years. No, I'm leaving good enough behind, and I'm stepping forward into better things, into greater things, into higher higher heights, and deeper depths. And if that's what you want today, I wonder if you'd clap your hands and let the Lord know that you are going to leave good enough behind. Somebody praise him right now. Hallelujah. C.S. Lewis, great author, Christian author, said it this way. He said, if we consider the unblushing promises of reward... And the stra staggering nature of the rewards promised to us in the Gospels. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. He said we are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. 
like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. He said, our problem is that we are far too easily pleased. It's not that our desires are too strong, it's that they're too weak. Sometimes we think that our desires for sin are just too strong for us to do anything great in life. And, and, and it's true that those desires for sin, if left unchecked, amen, they will be strong and they will lead to death. And you need to give whatever sin you might have to God. But that's not our greatest problem. Our greatest problem is not that our desire for sin is too strong. Our greatest problem is that our desire for more of God and our desire for His holiness is too weak our desires are too weak because God says I would give you more you could have more amen but we are far too easily pleased and we are far too easily satisfied and we far too easily settle when God wants to give us so much more joy so much more love so much more power so much more grace so much more anointing so much more depth but we are far too easily pleased but I'm glad I'm preaching to people today that say I don't want that I want to leave good enough behind and I will push and I will pray and I will sacrifice and I will do whatever I got to do. I'll change my mindset. I'll change my habits because I want more of God and I want to leave good enough behind. Hallelujah. If you're here and you've prayed for the Holy Ghost but you haven't received it yet, don't stop there. Don't settle. Don't settle for less. Settle for more. Keep on praying until you receive the Holy Ghost. Today can be your day. Push. Let there be something in you that says, I'm going to leave the way I've always prayed. I'm going to leave good enough behind, and I'm going to press in the Spirit today until God gives me the Spirit, and I'm speaking in other tongues as the evidence of it. Maybe you're here. And, 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 and you, there's been times where maybe you felt some ambition, some drive, some motivation to go deeper, to go further in God. Amen. But maybe some trials came into your life and maybe some distractions came. Maybe just the busyness of life overwhelmed your heart and mind. I'm asking you today. God is asking you today. Are you willing to make another declaration, a commitment to him that, you know what, I got distracted, I got hurt, I got busy, but I'm not going to stay where I am. I'm going to say no to the plateau. I'm not going to just stay here. I'm going to put it aside. I'm going to leave good enough behind. I'm going to leave the way I've always done it. I've dipped my toes in. I've visited church once a month. I've come on and off on Sundays. I've kind of done the same thing for a while and I've got by and I've crawled by and that was good enough. But what if I told you Jesus, you, Jesus wants you to know that you were not made for good enough. You were made for greater. You were made for better. You were made for best. You were not made to settle. You were not made to stay here. That's why you're not satisfied. That's why you're frustrated. Jesus is not the problem. We're the problem. We need more of him, not less of him. We need more of his blood, more of his spirit, more of his truth, more of his word. It's time to get lost in his word and leave good enough behind. Somebody praise him this morning. Hallelujah. I will not, I refuse to let fear Keep me from God's will for me. Whatever it is that I could fear, we, we can be guilty of fearing a million different things. Whatever it is, you've got to figure out what that is on your own. I can't possibly preach every, every possible fear scenario. You have to decide, I will not let fear keep me from God's will for me. Whether that is fear of the unknown, 
fear of the responsibility. Because with any great thing uh, comes with responsibility. To whom much is given, much is required. Are you up for that? Or do you want to stay where you are? Whether it's fear of failure, that's a common one. Fear that others won't like you. Fear of humiliation. Can I tell you one of the greatest ways to learn humility is through humiliation. And we do everything we can to avoid humiliation. And rightfully so, it's a natural tendency. We don't like to be humiliated. But what if I told you, amen, that if you were willing, amen, to do whatever God wants you to do, even if that means humiliation, then guess what? You can receive a blessing out of that, and you can come out of that with more humility. Every moment of humiliation is an opportunity for us to learn humility. Whatever the fear is, I'm not going to let it hold me back. Maybe it's fear of your own limitations, and you, and you just feel like, well, I'll leave that to someone else because they're more talented, they're smarter, they're better looking, they can sing better, they can preach better, they can talk better, they, 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 they have a higher IQ or a higher EQ, whatever the excuse is. Amen. The fear of your own limitations. You know who you're actually limiting? You're actually limiting God because God knows what you're capable of even when you don't. And God says, no, you can actually do more. You can be more. I want to stretch your limitations. I want to show you that your capacity is greater than what you think it is. But you've got to surrender the fear to God and step out in faith where he is calling you and I to go. I don't know who this is for, but this is just what I felt in prayer. Can I challenge you, ARC, on my last service here for a while? Can I offer a directive, a challenge to you that we're going to make up our minds in the upcoming months and years that we will leave? good enough behind. I don't care how long you've served God. I don't care how long you've been coming here. It's time for us to go into the next place, the next dimension of harvest and revival and creativity that God wants to bring us into. But preacher, what about this and what about that? Preacher, what about her? What about him? What about my hurts? What about my anger? What about all my problems? What about this? What about that? And we make all these excuses, and God's heard them all. (laughs) If you think you get tired of hearing excuses, think how God thinks. But you know what? He loves us anyway. He knows we're limited. He knows we're frail. He knows we're human. He he doesn't hate us for it. He's, He's trying to constantly get us to see who we really are and what we're really capable of. Amen. Do you realize this morning who you are? Do you realize that you are not just a dispenser of truth? We are not just people who knock doors and give a card or give a give a a pamphlet and say, here's the truth, although we do that and thank God for that. We are not just dispensers of truth. We are stewards of truth. Truth is not just something we give. Truth is what, who and what we are supposed to embody. Truth is what's living on the inside of us if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Do you realize how power that powerful that is in a world that increasingly is becoming darker and full of lies and denies objective truth and tries to make everything subjective? Amen. We, the church, the Christians, the apostolics, the people of God, we are the stewards of truth. We are the ones that show truth and hold on to truth to a dark world that is living in a lie 
lie. Do you realize how powerful that is? You are not weak, amen. What you possess within you is the truth, the unchanging, objective truth in a world where people no longer know what is up and what is down, what is green and what is blue, what is left and what is right. We are the stewards of truth that come to them and say, this is what's right. This is the definition of sin. This is what's good and bad. This is what's right and wrong. You and I have that responsibility. That's how important your role in the world is. But preacher, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can leave this place. I don't know if I can leave this, this valley I've been in. I'm comfortable here and I know it's not perfect and I know there's higher mountains, but you know, I'm just going to kind of stay here. Listen, listen to this preacher today. The disciples, the early church, were greatly outnumbered by the population at large. Do you realize whether it was Jerusalem, whether it was Rome, whether it was Philippi, Ephesus, whatever city and region they found themselves in, they were greatly outnumbered. It wasn't even a competition in a numerical sense. And yet this handful, this handful of men and women changed the known world. A handful of people went into places of darkness and changed the known world. And because of that small, outnumbered group of devoted Christians, more knees, more knees bow to the name of Jesus than any other name in the modern world. More knees bow to the name of Jesus than any other name in the modern world because a handful of the people of God decided to leave good enough behind, decided to press forward, decided to not be afraid of opposition and not be afraid of persecution and not be complacent but to move forward to not be easily offended to not be easily hurt to, but to leave it behind to press forward and change the known world I am preaching to the same kinds of people you have the same Holy Ghost in you that Peter and Paul had and if you don't yet have the Holy Ghost God wants to fill you with it today so you can be just as empowered as they were it's time, church. It's time to leave good enough behind. I'm preaching to wonderful people. I'm preaching to people who have sacrificed. I'm preaching to people who have been faithful. I'm preaching to wonderful saints of God. Amen. I'm, I wouldn't preach this to you if I didn't think that it was something you were capable of. God would not send this message to you if he did not see the enormous potential living within you. The enemy would not come after you if he did not see the amount of potential within you. Some of you been, feel like you've been attacked by the enemy. You feel like the enemy's been messing with your mind. Could it be? Is that, it's because he knows what you're capable of. He knows the potential that's in you. He knows the power of the Holy Ghost unleashed. If we would just make up in our minds to unleash it, and the enemy doesn't want that to happen, so he's opposing you at every side. Come on, somebody. We've got to realize who we are and what you are. You're a wonderful group of people. You're an incredible group of people, and there's more that God wants to do in you. There's more that God wants to do through you, Carson City. I wish to God that you could see yourself the way God sees you. I'm talking to every elder. I'm talking to every young person. I'm talking to every married couple. And yes, I'm talking to the visitors because God wants you to be a part of this church. Whether you realize it or not, it is destiny that you are here. Come on, church. It is time for us to put aside the way we've always done it. It hasn't worked for you all that will. Amen. It's not going to bring you higher. You've got to stop doing things the way you've always done it and say, okay, God, not my will, but thy will be done. 
Somebody lift your hands and talk to Jesus for a minute. Somebody needs to get in their mind. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender my, my, my pride. I surrender my will. I surrender my complacency, my fear. I surrender it to you. I, I know you've heard me say some of these things before, and you might think, Brother Claiborne, you're, 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 you've been like a broken record. Well, that's intentional. That's an intentional thing because God is wanting to communicate something to this wonderful group of Christians in front of me and online. In Jesus' name, come to tell you, don't be afraid. Because what God wants to do with you, and God wants to do through you. And yes, I'm talking to you, visitor, as well. Again, you're not here by accident. What God wants to do with your life and through your life is above all that you could ever ask or think. That's what the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, chapter 3. Can I tell someone a simple statement? Do not ever... Do not ever underestimate what God can do with a single life. Don't ever underestimate what God can do with a single heart that burns with passion for Christ. Whether that is your life or whether that is the life of someone God will use you to help, don't ever underestimate the value and the power of a single person. And This is what I feel to tell you as well. This, this, is, this is something, and it may not mean much to you. Maybe it will mean much to the right people. I don't know who it's for. But this is the word, A-R-C, a word that I feel the Lord gave me last week while I was in prayer for you. This is my last chance to give it, and that's why I'm preaching a slightly different message on a Sunday morning. But hear this word that I felt the Lord gave me for you. I felt that God told me to tell you this. And I, and I spoke this to one person in the altar on last Sunday, and, I, and it was for them as an individual, but it's also for this church. This is what God told me to tell you, that he wants to use you to take the hopeless of today and turn them into the heroes of tomorrow. I don't know what that means. I don't know who that's for. I, I believe it's for everybody, but I pray that that resonates in your spirit. This is what he said. He wants to use you to take the hopeless of today and turn them into the heroes of tomorrow. But I felt that he told me to tell you that in order for this to happen, you need to be ready to receive them and you need to be trustworthy enough to mold them. You need to be ready to receive them and trustworthy enough to mold them. God has no shortage of end time revival. God has no shortage, shortage excuse me, of harvest. The Bible says the harvest is plenty. The Bible says it's the laborers that are few. So what he does have is a shortage of people that he can trust with his harvest. Just hear me. Understand this in the spirit I'm meaning to communicate it. He has no shortage of end time revival and lost souls. But he does have a shortage of people that he can trust with his harvest. And he is wanting this church. This is what he said to tell you. He is wanting this church to be a powerful refuge. He wants you to be a people that he can trust. To take care of all of the sick and hurting people that he wants to send here to you and I. So again, hear this word that I believe is from God. He wants a church he can trust to take the hopeless of today and shape them into the heroes of tomorrow. And he wants that church to be you. 
Will you receive that word right now, ARC? Are you willing to let go of good enough? Will you take that mantle of responsibility and will you become all that God wants you to become? Will you and I be trustworthy enough to take the people God sends to us and disciple them and love them and work on them and mold them into the future apostolic heroes that will do great things in the end time revival? I believe that some of that's already happening, but God wants you to know this. You will be the church if you respond, if you let God work on you if you leave good enough behind you will be the church that takes the hopeless of today and turns them into the heroes of tomorrow somebody clap your hands raise your hands and receive that word before we go any further Just for another second can you thank him for that word come on I just feel the pause here for a moment thank him for that word Hallelujah. Thank him for speaking a word of encouragement and direction. Thank you, Jesus, for revealing part of your plan to us of what you want to do and how you want to use us. Thank you for reminding us of the responsibility that is on us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And one of the ways that you can make heroes is by becoming a hero yourself. And one of the ways you become a hero is to strive to become that person that you always needed and the person that you always wanted when you were struggling, when you were alone, when you were confused. Become the person that you always yearned for in the earlier years of your life. Become the person, amen, that, that, that you knew there was, a, there was a, a hole in your life that someone needed to fill. Become that person for someone else. Because God wants to use you to take the hopeless of today and turn them into heroes of tomorrow. And it's going to happen when we decide to leave good enough in the past. Amen. I want the musician to come. Our country is very likely headed into a crisis. I don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. But there will be some crisis elements that our country is headed into. But here's what you need to understand. Crisis always always breeds opportunity and we don't have to fear and we don't have to be afraid we can still press forward and go to higher heights than we've ever been before crisis always provides great opportunity and God is taking the church I know you feel this with me God is taking the church into a new season how many feel that if it's just me don't raise your hand how many feel that that's because it's true God is taking this church and the church the global church, into a new season. And with every new season comes an opportunity for a new dimension. With every new season, whether it's difficult, hard, happy, or sad, summer or winter, every new season comes an opportunity for a new dimension. Church, we got to take advantage of what God is giving us in this hour. And we got to make up in our mind, if the enemy is coming full force and, and darkness is, is getting louder and more abrasive, but I'm going to get more passionate and I'm going to get more loud about what I believe. I'm going to take my faith out of the corners and out of the shadows and out of the dark rooms and I'm going to bring my faith to center stage. If the world can yell and shout and scream about its darkness and dysfunction, then I can let the love of God and the light of God go forth in a powerful way. Then I can lift my voice 
that I can testify, that I can declare everywhere I go about the God that I serve. I am not going to waste this new season, but I'm going to let it take me into a new dimension. Now's the time that I'm going to commit myself to the plan of God and the work of God more than ever. Now's the time that I'm going to humble myself because when I do, that's when I can be exalted. Now's the time when I'm going to, I'm going to decide, Lord, if there's some things that I have in my mind that need to change, some false expectations, some bad habits, some, uh, some dysfunctional perspectives. God, here they are because I want to go higher and further and deeper with you. God, I want to see myself the way you see me. Because if every person in this place could see themselves the way God saw them, I'm telling you the sky would be the limit. I'm telling you within a few weeks you'd be busting at the seams. I'm telling you that a new building wouldn't be big enough to hold all that God wants to do if only you could see yourself the way that God sees you. So in order to get where I need to go, I'm going to have to let go of good enough. And I'm going to have to strive for greater. How many want more of Jesus? How many want more of him? I, I don't ever want that thirst to die in me. That thirst for more of God. Hallelujah. I'm going to strive for greater, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it requires sacrifice. And I know I'm preaching to people who have sacrificed. Don't take this as a rebuke. Hey Amen. I'm trying to exhort you and, and reprove this morning. My flesh may need to die out to some things. But when I start letting go, that's when I can start letting God operate freely in my life. When I let go, then God can give me greater. When I decrease, as John said, then God can increase. The only way for God to get bigger is if I get smaller. This is why I want to give God everything. This is why I want my flesh, my carnal will to die daily. Hallelujah, because I want to step into this incredible new dimension that God wants to take the church into. In John chapter 16, Jesus is telling his disciples that he's going to have to leave them soon. Something greater was coming, but in order for it to come, there first had to be a change. There first had to be a letting go. John 16, 6 through 7 says this, Jesus' words. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. He said, it is expedient for you. Another translation says, it is to your advantage that I go away. This is what Jesus is saying. That I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. If I go not away, the Holy Ghost will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Do you see the profundity? Do you see the power here? Jesus himself was saying, it is to your advantage that I leave so the Holy Ghost can come. What was he saying? He was saying, great had to go so greater could come. You say, preacher, are you diminishing Jesus? No, I'm not diminishing Jesus. We know he's God in flesh. I'm just quoting to you his words. Jesus is saying here that the Holy Ghost, which is himself in spirit form, will be better than himself in fleshly form. Because as a man, he was limited. But as an indwelling spirit, he is unlimited. The Bible even says, greater, greater is he that is in us. 
referring to the spirit of Jesus. Why? Because now if he can fill us, he can spread the same gospel through thousands of millions of men and women, through us. Do you see what he was saying? It is better for you if I go so the Holy Ghost can come because greater things are going to happen if I cannot just walk beside you but begin to dwell within you. So even Jesus Christ, God in flesh, had to go. He had to depart. There had to be change so something greater could come. You say, I don't know about that preacher. Let let me convince you this morning. John 14 and 12 says, Jesus' words, He that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. Greater works you will see. Why? Because I go. You'll see greater because I go. Jesus said, unless I go, you won't see greater. Unless there's a change, unless there's a letting go, you won't see the greater plan that I have for you. But the disciples did not want Jesus to leave. Who would? But it's because they did not understand that great had to be sacrificed for greater. Good had to go so great could come. And if the disciples could have comprehended what was coming, they would not have protested if they could have comprehended that day on Pentecost when they were all filled with the Spirit of Jesus, now no longer walking beside Him, but something even better, having Him dwell within them, if they could have comprehended what was coming, they would not have protested. And just like the disciples, we fight and we protest when God comes to take things away, to change things. Or when God asks us to subtract and let go of certain things, we fight, we protest. God, don't you see? It's been okay. It's been pretty well. I've got kind of comfortable with this. I like having this. I like thinking this way. I like doing it this way. And God comes along and says, but you need to let go of that. You need to leave good enough behind. You need to subtract. You need to change some things because that's the only way you're going to see greater. If Jesus, who was God in flesh, had to depart so something greater could come, how much more do we need to subtract and let go and surrender so something greater can come to our lives as well. The path to greater is surrender. The path to more is letting go. I will not settle for anything less than God's best. I will not live on if it ain't broke, don't fix it mentality. Because listen to me, church. It may not be broken, but it could always be better. It may not be broken, but it could always be better. And Jesus always calls us to better. And Jesus always calls us to more. And the way to more is less. The way to get more is to keep trading up and letting go of what's in your hand so you can reach out and grab a hold of what Jesus wants to give you. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but come on, someone. It's time to let go of good and reach for great. It's time to let go of what's been hindering us and to leave good enough behind. I want us to stand all over this house. This preacher's done preaching. And I'm preaching to everyone under the sound of my voice. In this congregation online, young and old, visitor and saint, God wants to do more in your life. God wants to give you more. 
He wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to have a more intimate relationship. He wants to use you more. He wants to take you out of that same old, same old, that place and take you to something greater. Do you see what God is wanting to do? Are you ready to humble yourself? Are you ready to take him by the hand? Are you ready to leave behind the fears, the indecisiveness, the double-mindedness, the pride, the anger, the regrets, the fears? Are you ready to leave that behind? Hear this preacher in love today, this preacher who loves you very much. God wants to give you better. And if you would surrender and wave your white flag, God could do that today. If you say, I want more, I want to do more, I want to be more, I want this church in Carson to be the refuge that Nevada needs. I want this church to be the lighthouse that the world needs. I want to find my purpose by helping and loving and molding others. You will find your life when you finally decide to lay it down. You will find your life when you lose it for Christ's sake. And stop doing things the way that I've always done. That's what I commit to God today. And I pray that's what you commit to God as well. Let's lift our hands. I feel the Holy Ghost prompting us today. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray right now. Come on, let's talk to Him. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid. Don't be bashful. God is not here to offer an angry word. He's here to offer a word of love, of challenge, of encouragement. He knows what you're capable of, church. Even when you forget it yourself, he loves you more than you could imagine. Come on. That baggage that you've been carrying, that weight that you've been carrying, give it to Jesus. You weren't meant to carry that yourself. There's some things human beings were never meant to carry. Get it off your back and let Jesus carry it with you. Come on, let his spirit make intercession for you. Let his spirit get under that burden with you and, and hold it and carry it. Come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah, I'm making a new commitment today. I'm making a fresh commitment today. Come on, I'm leaving good enough behind. I want more of Jesus. I'm going to pray harder than I've prayed. I'm going to do something that I've never done here this morning in this service. Come on. That's it. If you need the Holy Ghost, come on, leave good enough behind. Press forward towards the mark. Reach out. Lift your voice. Make up in your mind, I'm not going to leave here until I get that blessing from the Lord, until I receive His Spirit. Come on, come on. If you've never been baptized, don't settle for good enough. You can have all your sins washed away in Jesus' name in the waters of baptism today. You can make that decision today to leave good enough and go forward to greater. Come on, church. Come on, these altars are open. I want to invite you to come. If you're comfortable, if you're physically able, coming, please come and commit some things to the Lord today. Come on. Come on, I'm going to leave good enough behind. That's it, that's it. Come on, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what God would require of you. Don't be afraid of what God would ask of you. He's not going to hurt you. He's going to help you. He's going to give you a better life than you could have ever dreamed. Anything that God asks you to give up, he will give you twice as better in return. Anything that God asks you to sacrifice, he'll give you three times as better in return. Don't be afraid. Come, approach the throne of God boldly. Come on, that's it, church. They're going to sing, but lift your hands, lift your voice, and call out to him today. That's it. Talk to him. God, how do you want to use me? What do you want to do with me? Come on, commit yourself to him.
Here I am, Jesus. I'll say yes. Here I am. Here's my life. Here's my mind. Here's my plans. That's it. Yes. Come on. If you need the Holy Ghost, reach your hands to the sky. Lift your voice. And he will fill you this morning if you seek him, if you search for him. Don't be satisfied so easily. That's it. Stretch for more. Yearn for more. Come on, elder. God wants to use you too. Come on, younger. God wants to use you too. Nobody's disqualified. You're not exempt from this. God wants to use you. God wants to use you to mentor a younger person. God wants to use you to love an older person. Come on, come on. Church, God's moving. We got to press a little bit. There's some of us here that need more of God. There's some here that need the Holy Ghost. That's it. Come on, lift your hands, lift your voice. Pray with passion today. If you see someone praying, amen, and, and, and go over there and pray for us. If you see someone that needs prayer, help us pray for them this morning.